0: Rockstar lifestyle, it was the best of everything. The beautiful cars, the artwork, the, the statues, they were, it was just gorgeous. Gorgeous stuff. It was obvious she was living that lavish life, the high life. Cheryl Craft Reed's family has known Melissa Caddick for more than 25 years, regularly heard about her financial prowess. So in 2015, Cheryl and her wife, Faye, decided maybe it was time to invest. This is just everything we've already gone over. At a meeting, Melissa delivered an elaborate sales pitch to dangle the carrot. All you need to do is sign there. She had a story, you know, and the story was that she'd worked for another company, that her and two other people had built this program, and it was such an amazing program that one of the superannuation houses bought it out, but her share of that money was $86 million. And she was not allowed to work in the industry for 10 years, which she didn't. And the reason that she was coming back into the industry was only with her friends. Because, you know, I've made a lot of money. I just want to help my friends out. And... Oh, so she was working for you out of the goodness of her yeah, heart. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was one yeah. of her lines. Yes. And, um, you know, I just I just deal with people I want to deal with, mainly friends and, um, you know, take care of them and give them a nice life too, sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, right. Oh, well, her thing was, I like to help women, to get them started. Oh, and I guess what I happened to have seven spots to bring some more people in. As people go, she brings somebody else in.
1: Oh, okay. my God, Starfish, this story, it's its just another one of these typical Ponzi schemes that we always talk about. Uh, it just makes me kind of mad, you know, at these people. They're just out there to get people for their own whatever they want so they can have, like, millionaire lifestyle without having to do much of anything except take mm-hmm. advantage of people. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what, that's what they're good at mm-hmm. is taking advantage of
2: people. And I hate people like that. I really yeah. do. Like, I think they're, that's... Definitely the case with this woman. I don't think she intended in any way, shape, or form to actually, you know, Bernie Madoff, there's lots of documentaries about him where he started off doing this, but never intended to continue it. He felt really terrible and guilty. Every step he took, he felt horrible. But this woman does not seem like that at all. She seems gleefully happy that she was able to buy designer bags and go to Aspen every year.
1: Yeah. Well, and she actually went to Singapore and, you know, all the places, Japan, all these like fancy places all over the world. So we're talking today about Melissa Caddick. And the story is basically this took place from May of 2009 to November of 2020. And she swindled about 60 investors for $25 million by pretending to be a financial investor. Crazy. I know. And the victims were mostly friends and family, of course. Which Mm -hmm. is like, you know, this is beyond Tupperware at this point.
2: (laughs) You know, (laughs) these people invested a ton with her.
1: Oh, my God. It's their life savings. Okay, think about that. Like you've worked at some shitty company for like 25 or 30 years and you're thinking that you're going to get all this money back if you invest with this lady who, by the way, didn't even have a license to do any of this shit.
2: I know. I know her license was like a six-digit code and there's supposed to be an eight-digit code. Is that not the simplest thing to fucking figure out? (laughs) Sorry. Holy crap. Well, and then it's like, I think she
1: stole it from somebody else somehow. She was using some other person's license. She didn't even like apply for her own, which is like, if you're going to do stupid shit like this, why wouldn't you just get your damn license? Right. I don't get that part either. Maybe there's Australian laws I don't know about behind that because this is based out of australia
2: right so they use all these funny terms i've never heard of like superannuation what's that <laughs> 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 it's some sort of account i don't know yeah anyway. if that
1: yeah i mean i don't i don't know how any of their stuff works because i've never been there but Yeah, she was born in Australia in 1971, so that's her little background. She was previously married to an investment lawyer, which is probably where she got some of her ideas. Mm. Yeah, and then I guess she met her current husband, Anthony Coletti. Yeah. He was a hairstylist in Sydney, Australia somewhere. She met him in 2013 and got married, and then she has a 15-year-old son and two elderly parents and a brother.
2: And the son is from the first marriage.
1: I'm assuming so. It didn't say anywhere that she had the child with Anthony. So I'm not like 100% sure where where that came through. So, and I mean, this is kind of a tragic story too. So I still feel the worst for all of the 60 investors that she ripped off. Because these are people that have just worked their whole life just to get ahead or just to have a comfortable retirement. And now they can't do that. They'll be working until they're dead, which is like the most... It's like a prison sentence, I feel right. like, right? When right. it's like you can never retire, yeah, I can't like, because they did
2: that, yeah. Uh, I know it's just like 2008 when I saw a whole bunch of people who were in their 50s and about to retire, 50s, 60s, about to retire, and all of a sudden it got completely wiped out 100%. Like, they just like lost their minds, they're like, What am I going to do? Oh my god,
1: yeah, like, Horrible. I mean,
2: it's like, What do you do? So
1: Again, this is where I advise people. I'm going to just be a little advisor right now because there's ways to figure out if someone's legit or not. As a financial advisor, you should always hire a financial advisor. I have one. I know he's legitimate because he his firm doesn't take all my money and invest it in stuff. It's through the third party like Ameritrade or any of those other ones. They don't touch your money directly. And they have specific licenses for that, but they're not allowed to do some of this stuff at all. So if someone's yeah. coming to you and saying, oh, we're going to give you 25% return or 50% return on your money investment in a year, all that is bullshit. and Don't listen to them. Yeah. I don't give a shit who they are. That's not correct. And right. don't buy into that shit because it's probably something either criminal or who knows what, but yeah. it's probably not something legitimate. They say and they I think, don't
2: even do it with your friends or family. They say go to oh, a, yeah. a professional. No, no, yeah. So and
1: that's what you do. Yeah. You go out, you do the research, you find a financial advisor that you get along with and you know that they're going to do the best that they can with your money. I have a great one that I use and I know he's legitimate. You have to be that way. You have to do your homework, especially when it comes to this shit, because otherwise you're going to end up like these people who now have to work until they're 90 or whatever until they die
2: yeah until they die yeah at least yeah or sell their homes yeah
1: they have to sell their homes live in some shithole somewhere because of this you know uh-huh. it's just it's just terrible to do to people i just can't imagine having that lack of empathy for people in that way to want to take advantage of them so that you could go get a fucking gucci purse you know ugh, ugh. or go go fly to wherever aspen
2: every year she flew to aspen yeah yeah like, from oh australia God. And stayed at like
1: the nicest place ever. You know, it's just
2: bullshit. $35,000 trips every year I read.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to give like a timeline of what happened. May 6th of 2009 is when she set up her own financial firm called Maliver. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It might be with an Australian (laughs) accent. You know, I don't know if it, but it's spelled M-A-L-I-V-E-R. I'm like Maliver. (laughs) this story hurts my liver (laughs) it does but she set it all up without any necessary financial licenses to do so which is crazy so over the next 11 years she collected tens of millions from clients who believed they were investing into something that would make them millions basically
2: just crap why do you you just trust this person right you just trust your friend or whatever
1: yeah And I mean, I did read like some of the court stuff a little bit on it. And it said there was like one person out of all these people, they were like called client C or something like that, where they actually made back like she had moved their money somewhere and then they wanted to have it back to invest in something and they had actually made 300,000 but I think what she did cuz this is a typical ponzi scheme remember is that she used the investments that she was getting from all the newer clients she put all the money back into that one client plus made it look like they were making money because they were such a close friend of hers or whatever so I think that was the only one out of all of the people that she screwed that actually made money
2: well and a lot of them um, this is what Bernie Madoff did too was you have to keep feeding the beast, right? So you have to keep getting more and more people so that you can give the new investors money to the other people who have been sitting here. So she would show them, look, I can get a return on your investment. Like one of them said she invested a million dollars and uh, she made such a handsome return from that that she invested another million and a half with her. So she was sneaky like that. Like, look how much I make you, give me more money that she would give to somebody else or spend herself. So, right, which is totally crazy and terrible.
1: Yeah. Right. So, then in 2014, she paid like $6.2 million for her home in Dover Heights. It was like a five bedroom home. So, apparently, that's like a really super ritzy part of Sydney, Australia, where they were. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. So, then in November 10th of 2020, this agency, ASIC, Yeah. They froze her bank accounts and properties preventing her from leaving the country because what happened was (laughs) there was an investor that was at a dental clinic and was talking with another patient. This is so crazy. She was talking to another patient and she finds out that Melissa Caddick didn't have a legitimate license. Oh, And so as soon as she found that out, She went straight over to the authorities, the ASIC, and reported it. So then that tipped them off to her. (laughs) Isn't that crazy?
2: Yeah, right. Good.
1: Yeah. So then they froze all the accounts. And then in November 11th of 2020, that's when the officers raided her home. And that was the last day she was actually seen or seen alive. So then on November 12th, her son... And this was of 2020. Her son heard her leave the house at 530. He assumed she went for a run and she left her keys and wallet and cell phone behind. And then it wasn't like a whole day later on the 13th. Her husband, Anthony, reported her missing 30 hours after the disappearance, which
2: is kind of weird. It's a super long time. I read that she was in control of the relationship, so he wouldn't dare call knowing that she was probably off doing something and that he would get in trouble if he called right. on her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> great
1: relationship right no kidding yeah so then it's like so then it's like now she's disappeared and all the people that have been screwed over now are like pissed off because now she's gone and they can't get their money back or anything she can't be held liable in court because she's gone right so the whole thing is weird i guess like none of the the foot the video cameras in her property like had any footage of her leaving so i don't know what happened with that I don't know if the video was cut. There's so many different conspiracies that are surrounding this story because, like, nobody really knows what happened to her. So then, well, they found found a piece of Melissa. (laughs) (laughs) Found a piece. It wasn't
2: her credit card, was it? (laughs) No. (laughs) Dang.
1: (laughs) No, it wasn't any of that. Starfish some campers on february 21st of 2021 so this was recent they found a shoe with a decomposing foot inside of it that would be kind of gross you know you're like trying to go fishing and all of a sudden there's like the shoe with the foot in it you're like that
2: happens a lot in crime stories where you're just randomly walking and you find a dead body that's (laughs) what people are found a lot yeah yeah
1: it's so horrible yeah i would that was like so gross so then they of course ran some dna to try to figure it out they did a dna analysis of her foot with her dental mm. records and that kind of stuff you know all mm. that crazy stuff they do mm-hmm. or samples from her house you know they figured it out in her family so the police at this point are just saying she either fell off because of, apparently like where, where her house is overlooks like the ocean it's on a cliff or something so there's all these cliffs around her house so they assume she either accidentally fell off the cliff which i doubt or she committed suicide which is a possibility you know or something else happened like foul play so we don't really know and we don't know maybe she faked the, you know maybe she cut her foot off i don't know people get really weird and desperate in these situations i'd be pretty crazy okay you cut your own foot off to throw people off to think that you're dead i don't know Like some of the investors still think she's alive because they're just like so convinced. Yeah, they're so convinced of that. It's crazy.
2: Yeah, right. Well, and I would I would, too. I'd want her to still be alive. But frankly, whether she's alive or dead, there's nothing that's going to. Yeah, she won't get to serve her time, but some people might get some money back now. Yeah, and
1: I I think they were able to recover some of the financial sleuths were able to recover some of the millions that were lost. So they're trying to divvy that up between the 60 investors involved to get some of their money back. But some of them are still going to be out thousands of dollars, some of them probably millions. It's just so crappy. Right. You know, it's like a lifetime worth of work. I couldn't imagine that having to work for a company for 30 years and all that be gone because you made a bad financial decision with an asshole like that.
2: So one of the victims, she said that when they first found out that she was missing, they didn't know that her house had just been raided. And so they were worried about her. They were like, oh, no, our friend Melissa is missing. And so they were all worried about her. But then her husband announced that she had been raided and they all were like, huh. And they all checked all their accounts at that point. And they were all fake, all of them. Oh, uh, man. can you imagine that? Like being all worried about her and then being like, holy crap, you know, like she was raided. Hmm, that's weird. And then she went missing. Um, okay, let's check into our accounts and see how they're doing. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. So I have a little bit of video of of two women who have come out against her. There's been a lot of victims, as you mentioned. There's, I saw in the papers officially that there was 61 or something, but I think they've found more since then. There's more like 70 now, but still that's a friggin' lot of people. So these two are friends of hers and they are a couple. Well, let's just listen to the video.
0: You can see from the clothes and the jewelry that she was spending money. Big money. Mm. Cheryl and wife Faye believed their investments had
1: grown to almost a million dollars under Melissa Caddick's management.
0: We get a list of our trades annually in an audit report that has been certified by an auditing company and did have the certificate from an actuarial company in there as well. So as far as we were concerned, all of this stuff protected us.
1: They thought their money was invested with the Commonwealth Bank's share trading arm, Comsec when they called to check their account, they were told the account number was fake.
0: She goes, it's a digit short. So all of a sudden you're getting this sinking feeling and it's just getting, sorry, it's getting worse and worse and worse and you're thinking, this is true, my money's missing. Everything we've worked for is missing, I mean, we have been planning for this life since I first started working and then you just go, it's gone. So those two women
2: are probably going to have to sell their house. As I mentioned before, that's awful. Yeah. They invested millions with her. So they're really SOL. And you know, what was weird is one observation that one of them made while they were sitting with her one day was that she kept licking her lips. Melissa did licking her lips as she was talking to them and I was like, what a weird thing to notice and to pick yeah, up on. Yeah, yeah. And then later, if you think about it, in retrospect, people lick their lips a lot when they're getting away with something or when they're maliciously, hmm, like I'm gonna get I that soon. <laughs> i
1: did not know that so that's Ew.
2: that's like a body
1: language yeah, like body thing. body right? language right yeah and
2: and you know the thing is about body language is that everybody's body language is a little bit different you know sometimes people don't do these things but there's these microaggressions they call them and that's one of them <laughs> I'm oh yeah that soon haha there's my new Dior bag that's what i hear her saying in my head Ugh. yeah
1: what a, a horrible disgusting person you know just all the way around. Like, I I don't even know how you can defend someone like that. Like, I just really disgust me because I spend a lot of my time working my butt off for everything I have. And I can't imagine taking advantage of people like that. I just can't.
2: Her husband still thinks she didn't do it. Right. But her brother, you you mentioned she had a brother. Yeah. That was another way that she got in with some of these people was through her brother because her brother's like friends of surgeons. Oh, yeah. There were doctors too. Yep. Terrible. And they all invested a ton of money with her. And then one woman invested with her after meeting her on a ski trip. I'm sorry, you deserve to lose your money, lady. Like, don't invest with somebody you just met. But she had quite a background, too. I mean, she had a background of stealing and lying and cheating on her husband. And I heard this insane story that her previous husband, one day she was like, I have to go to this conference in Switzerland or something like that. And she just like up and went to this conference in Switzerland and turns out she was cheating on him the whole time because somebody there saw her. (laughs) I'm like, you're a horrible person all around, all around. Like Bernie Madoff has nothing on this crazy, crazy psychopath woman. Me too. Person. yeah absolutely bye-bye I hope she's not living it up you know somewhere fancy with Ruja Ignatova or something you know I know maybe they're stacking <laughs> up together we don't know <laughs> these missing people I know it feels a sense of but still anyway well, well was- she'll have she'll have a fake foot so you should be
1: able to <laughs> that is so true oh my <laughs> you goodness you should be able to look for the lady with the fake foot you know yeah
2: yeah yeah. They probably have some club, you know, they have like a hustler's club or something. And if you're rich enough, they don't care. They're not going to turn you in, you know, so that the, they have her with her, her bad foot, her missing foot. And they have Ruzha Ignatova and they have all these people who are rich and who have just disappeared sitting in a room. And if you're willing to pay the price, we won't tell on you. So <laughs> right. They're with uh, Julian Assange and Edward Snowden oh yeah. all hanging yeah. out together. They probably are. Well, that was a great story, Mary. hundred percent. Yes. (laughs) Another one. I'm sick of these Ponzi's. I can't even handle them anymore. Oh my God. They're so horrible. Yes. Don't, Don't invest your money with these people, people.
1: No, don't ever do it.
0: How do you stand there in front of someone and play a role, have a facade where you care, you're a friend, you're talking about each other's family, you're catching up. You're having personal conversations, relaying your personal things. It's not a business relationship. And how do you maintain that facade when all the while you're actually taking them to the cleaners? That's, that's the bit that I, I struggle with. Thanks everyone for
1: listening to Real Talk. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. We look forward to having you on our next one.